Welcome to the Florida State Podcast of Entrepreneurship and Innovation, where we showcase student entrepreneurs to learn about the startups they are working on, check in with alumni to hear about the companies they are building, and learn from seasoned entrepreneurs who have built amazing companies. Hosted by Mark McNeese, a serial entrepreneur who has started for-profits, non-profits, social impact companies, and is currently entrepreneur-in-residence at the Jim Rand School of Entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Florida State Podcast of Entrepreneurship and Innovation. I'm Mark McNeese, your host, and today we are with Sonny Ilias, the uh, founder and CEO of Vale Food Company. Welcome, Sonny. Thanks for having me. Great. So you're here in town. Um, well, you have two two uh, stores here in town, but also you're in here in town for 7 Under 30, which yep, is yep. the annual... Uh, event that FSU and the Jim Moran College sponsors to bring in uh, entrepreneurs who have started companies um, uh, before they were 30 years old. So, and Vail is one of them, and you are one of the entrepreneurs. So, tell us a little bit about Vail, and how did it start, and, and what is it, and, and, and just about your journey a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So, Vail today is very different, you know than what Vail was when I first started. And, uh, you know, it started out initially as a meal plan delivery business. You know, I was a college student at the time, you know, not, you know, fully aware with what I wanted to do, you know, with my degree in exercise, you know, physiology. And I was definitely passionate about preventative health. And, you know, I noticed that there was a big trend in this, you know, meal delivery space. So I jumped right in and figured it out without any, you know, real, you know, uh, solution with how I was going to solve it, but just, you know, really ran at it 100 miles per hour and, you know, grew that business, you know, started with 20 of my friends that, you know, agreed to let me, you know, cook them food and, and deliver it to them and they paid and then it grew from 20 to 40 to 60 to 100 to 300. So at, you know. at this point... Were you a one-person show, and you were cooking it and delivering it? I I was a I was about a four to five-person team okay. at that point, but um, I was definitely wearing every hat that you can possibly imagine. Yeah, there was days where cooking, delivering, and then going right into class happened. Okay. <laughs> and you created the menu. Yeah, so okay. I you know I was you know really in tune with what. You know, my friends like to eat mm-hmm. with things, you know, and I noticed also in Tallahassee, there was a huge void with, you know, there weren't a lot of healthy options, you know, back right. then, you know, in 2012, there were not, you know, the, I mean, I don't even think the Whole Foods was here, you know, no, just yet. No, I don't yet. think it was. So, you know, um, there was a huge market to tap into and I knew I, you know, it was a good one to, uh, uh, to get into. So... Let's back up a little bit. You came to FSU as uh, what degree were you seeking? So it was uh, pre-med. Is uh, now it's exercise physiology. Okay. Prior it was called exercise science. But uh, yeah, came you know, came here at eighteen years old in Tallahassee. Okay, eighteen year old uh, in Tallahassee. You came from where? Uh, Coral Springs, Florida. Okay, very good. And we were talking earlier, you've lived several places, right? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so I mean, I've lived in uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, New York City, uh, and then, you know, spent majority of my time in Coral Springs, Florida before moving up here to Tallahassee. Okay. Why'd you move around so much? Uh, just, you know, traveling, you know, with, you know, family, you know, just wanted to, you know, move to other places, different job opportunities, you know, took my parents to different places. Okay. 
So when you first came to FSU and you're doing exercise physiology, what were you thinking you were going to do with that? Were, was was Vail always the grand? Oh plan? no, no, no. I had I, if if you would have told me as a freshman that I would be in the restaurant industry, I would have laughed. Okay, you know, at you. And I always, you know, worked in the in restaurants, you know, growing up, and uh, I was always, you know, whether it was. Um, I worked in Subway to a, a family, you know, independent, you know, restaurant to fine dining. And I always just looked at it as a job. I never really, you know, imagined it, you know, being a career. So at that point, you know, with my, you know, pursuit of the degree, I was more interested in going into medicine and, you know, more so how can I, you know, find a profession that I can, you know, give back and, you know, you know, really, uh, you know, help people. Mm -hmm. You know, so that was, you know, where the health, you know, sector really, you know, drew me in. So how, how, how do you view what you were doing and thinking that you were going to do? Is there any connection between the two, uh, uh, exercise physiology and pre-med to, uh, Vail company? Is there any connection? Oh yeah. I mean, I, no, no, it's definitely there. You know, I learned a ton in my, you know, coursework here at Florida State. You know, uh, I took human metabolism. I took, you know, a lot of, you know, courses where I learned, you know, how the human body on a cellular level functions, you know, how foods digest and break down. And, you know, it was really eye opening to me to be able to really understand the full circle of, um, you know, of, you know, that subject matter. So, so that way I can apply that into Vail with, you know, when we're creating our menus, when we're teaching our chefs, you know, how to properly portion, you know, different things and seasoning things, you know, in restaurants, typically, if you go, they're just trying to play, you know, your taste buds, mm-hmm. you know, salt, sugar, fat. Right. So for us, we had to retrain, you know, that whole ideology mm-hmm. with any person in the, you know, um, in our kitchens. So even as a startup, we, you know, I was having to work with cooks and say, no, 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 you have to follow this portioning. It can't just be this way. You can't loose freehand this. We're not just going for taste, mm-hmm. you know. So that was a totally, you know, that was a, that was a hurdle in itself. So tell me about the pivot from being a delivery service to opening up a brick and mortar. And just for audience, a pivot is when you've come to a point in your company and you're not getting the desired results. So you make a decision to change directions and do something else. So tell us about that pivot. So I realized there was a a ceiling with the meal plan delivery space. Uh, uh, It was a very tough business to operate in, but it wasn't. You know, like you know, like you said, something that I thought was you know the end goal for the company, and I think uh, what really sparked my interest in going into the restaurant space was, um, you know, the validation that the meal plans brought. You know, if I can convince three hundred people, four hundred people to sign up on a meal plan mm-hmm. prepay for food, that's enough validation that okay, we can open up a restaurant. So. That was, uh, you know, really my confidence, you know, leaning into going into the brick and mortar space. And, you know, there was a ceiling with, you know, you can get a, a large portion of people to come in and try your restaurant. It's much tougher to get somebody to subscribe for a week of service. So I, we had a lot of people who they loved our food, but they just didn't want to be tied down to a subscription. Okay. Said, I wish I could just come in and have a meal. And with that being said over and over again, you know, I listen to my customers and I think that, you know, you know, that's the most important thing, you know, is hearing them and taking that feedback and being able to see, okay, hey, how can we really, you know, uh, 
give them what they want. And the restaurant model was 100% attributed towards, you know, hey, I think this is going to be a better fit for us to service our customer needs, make sure that, you know, we can build a place where they can come in, bring their questions, their welcome, their dietary restraints, you know, or, or allergies, you know, and, and feel like they can come in and get a nice fresh meal. So was this a hard pivot? You just shut down the subscription? Oh, or no. Was we, it a, or you're still doing <clears throat> no, the subscription? No, so yeah, we, uh, the subscriptions were operated, I mean, throughout the whole process, and that was a big part of how we were even able to get a brick and mortar. Okay. The fact that we had financials, the fact that we had, uh, it was like three to four years of tax returns at the time, okay. and that made a big difference. How with, old were you when you started this? Um, I was 21 when I started my first meal plan delivery okay. business. Okay. Um, brick and mortar was 24. Okay. So, so were you graduated <clears throat> already? Brick and mortar, I had just, yeah, graduated. Okay, yeah. cool. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, no worries. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, it was, uh, you know, that was probably, probably the hardest aspect at a young age is you're taking care of, you know, running your business today and then what it's becoming in the future. Right. You know, at the same time when it's all jam-packed and there's a lot of pressure, you know, so... Um, the meal plans, you know, were operating, you know, at, at, a, at a high volume, and that's what allowed us to make the landlord feel comfortable mm-hmm. with allowing us to go into the space and being able to do the work in there. And boy, it was a, a crazy journey with just the first store. So it, it's, you know, it's very rewarding now. But you know, just that one pivot, while it was the best decision for the company, was probably the hardest, you know, uh, part of the journey for me. Right. And I'm sorry, I know you said, but what year did you open the first brick and mortar? 2016. Okay. So, customer uh, 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 observation on this. So, I had just been recruited to come teach it at FSU in 2016. And completely right, there's no healthy food, right? (laughs) Anywhere uh, around. And... um, and I try to eat healthy and, and things like that. And I start hearing about Vail. And people are like, Vail, you know, and everything. And I'm like, number one, like, I was like, what's Vail? And we were talking to, like, you know, just like, okay, you know, how, building your brand. But, like, it seemed like uh, probably within two months, like, it was probably, like, every week people were like, we're going to Vail. Or, like, you should go to Vail and, and, and check it out. And I'm like, okay, you know, and try to explain it to me. And they're like, well... You know, it's kind of this bowl, healthy bowl thing where you can like, you know, and I'm like, okay, healthy bowl thing. I'm like, okay, I, I can, I can do that. So I remember going the first time I went to Vail and uh, walk in. It's a very cool space, right? Very modern and uh, uh, minimalist, I would say, yep. uh, and, and simple. Uh, you walk up and you're greeted by a wonderful person and everything. And they say, you know, you want you know, what, medium or large or whatever you do. You know, I'm like, oh, large, I'm a big guy and everything. And so they start piling it on, and which is very healthy portions uh, at Vail. And we get to um, uh, what you get, you know, to the meat part or whatever Mm -hmm. or or everything. They're like, what kind of protein would you like? And I'm like, what kind of protein would I like? That's an interesting question, you know, like, you know, because normally, you know, you go to uh, like Chipotle, which is kind of, in the same line, yep. right? As uh, you know, you basically build your thing. You know, they're like, you want, you know, pork or beef or, or thing like that. Mm-hmm. And so that was the first time I'd, I'm like, 
this place is different, you know? And I was like, that was a, like a really interesting way. And I think it was like a really inclusive way too yeah. for your vegans and things yep. like that. Uh, 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 did you come up with that? Were you, or or were you on the forefront of that? Like I know that a lot of places do that now. Yeah. They've adopted that. You hear that everywhere. But like, I mean, in 2016, that was the first time that I had ever heard that. And I thought it was really interesting. How, no, how did yeah. you decide to do that? You know, the the menu was something that I was very very much so. Uh, uh, specific on with making sure that we included everyone, mm-hmm. you know, so the phrasing with, you know, how we described our offerings, you know, was big, but, um, I'm really big on, you know, our consumers and the, you know, the psychology about <clears throat> what's going to make them happy. So for me, the vegan options had to be there, the mm-hmm. protein options, the seafood option, the beef option, chicken option, you know, and then also, you know, trying to find things that's going to excite them. That's different, you know, so Which you guys do great at. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not just rice, right? I exactly. mean, it's not just, you know, potato. You have, like, all these different kinds of offerings. And yep. they're interesting. Yeah, and that's the thing that, you know, is what I enjoy the most about the business and the menu creation process is, you know, how can we make this more proprietary? Mm-hmm. You know, every single day, pushing that to where, you know, somebody walking into a restaurant, yes, they should be able to build their own bowl if they want a salad, they want a simple, you know, Mm -hmm. bowl, they can have that, you know, a rice, broccoli, and chicken, they can come and build that. Or if they want to have a lot of fun, they can try a lot of new things and flavors that, you know, you can't see at a lot of other, you know, places. So we do. Where do you think all this came from? Like, you like, I mean, what do you, like, prompted you to want to do not only a healthy menu, but actually... I would say a sophisticated, uh, planned out uh, specialty menu. I would. I mean, it, it's it's tough because you know, for me, you know, like I said, I'm I was more so you know looking at the brick and mortar you know portion of the business as you really only get one shot, mm-hmm. you know, of really laying the foundation of who you are. So mm-hmm. I put in a lot of thought into it where. You know, I was lucky. I was able to identify with a lot of my target audience. Mm-hmm. You know, at the age of 24, right. <clears throat> a lot of my you know, audience is 18 to 25 at that time. So I knew exactly what people wanted in Tallahassee at that time, you know, and, and I really just fed off of the feedback and utilized the years of meal plan, you know, feedback as well with what were our most popular items. And found those things and found ways to where we were making where we made it stick. And even when we opened up in 2016, it wasn't perfect, you know. And it took us, you know, every bit of you know, I would say 2016 and 17 to just <clears throat> get down to a much better process mm-hmm. for our hot food line, you know, in general because there's so many options, you right. know, it's, and everything is made from scratch. So yeah, it's um, obvious <clears throat> it is. I mean, it's excellent. Thank you, thank quality. you. So uh, you said, talked about your demographic and for audience demographics, essentially talking about your target market, like age and, and income and just, uh, you know, location and, and, and different things like that. Uh, now that you've scaled from one store to how many stores? Six. In how many cities? Five cities. All right. Six. Uh, so you got two in Tallahassee and then you're, yep. you're in other, uh, other cities. Do you still consider 18 to 25 your target market? No, not anymore. You know, it's a, it's a great core business of ours. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially, you know, here in Tallahassee and Gainesville, we have 
a, a good book of business that is, but our, I would say our audience is growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, we started out catering to 18 to 25, and now we're much more, I would say, it's anywhere from 18 to 45 or 55. And our Gen X has been one of the most loyal segments, you know, of our of our business, where they're even more excited than our millennial, you know, uh, customers because they haven't seen anything like this, and they are becoming the most habitual users because uh, this kind of ties back into the health, you know. They grew up in a different, found, you know, a different foundation of what was health and nutrition. So them seeing health on demand and you know, essentially being able to build your own bowl and have healthy food options readily available in a menu that changes is something that you know, has really made them a, you know, one of our most loyal customer segments. Yeah, I mean, as a Gen Xer, uh, you know, I, I would say I'm a raving fan of, of, of Vail and... and uh, you know Antonio Montoya. Yeah. Yeah. So we love going to Vail and and having awesome. you know another Gen Xer and that's why I was I was thinking uh, even though there's plenty of millennials there oh, and yeah. everything I see a lot a lot of you know crusty Gen Xers there as well yeah. and it's just it's it's this radically different because like when we were coming up in the world the offerings if you wanted something fast, fast was you know McDonald's or something yep. like that and at 50 you don't want to eat that kind of stuff and but also you don't want necessarily to go to a traditional sit down table service type of place and i really think you've like hit this niche where you like have high quality food that is quick service uh and and healthy um at a a great price too right it just it's really at least in tallahassee uh has been the you know it's a go to place even for us in faculty you know yeah. going down and uh, you know uh, you've you've got what in entrepreneurship you know we great uh, 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 product you know uh, match you know yeah. of of uh, or fit product fit with with the market is the original one on Gain Street is 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 that the flagship or or do you view another one of your stores as a flagship? You, you know, I think, I mean, it, it's, and it will always be one of the, you know, our most important, incredible locations, right. you know, because it's the first one. Right. And, you know, um, the, the, you know, between those four walls, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, blood, sweat and tears to get the concept where it is today. Um, it's definitely, you know, our, our, you know, one of our flagships, you know, but now we have, you know, grown, you know, the brand, you know, it's kind of like, you know, we went to college and now we've grown up as a brand mm-hmm. and we have... Um, just like our age, you know, our target audience of 18 to 25 at that time of who we were feeding, we grew up as a management team where we're, you know, my managers back then were maybe not as, you know, uh, seasoned or as mature. And now we are attaining, you know, much more, uh, diverse, you know, managers, you know, that are working with us that can give us, you know, some really good, you know, uh, I guess, operational efficiencies throughout the state. But we have a flagship location in uh, downtown Tampa okay. where we have a 3,000-square-feet restaurant oh, wow. you know, in the heart of downtown Tampa. Uh, it's one of our busiest locations. Okay. You know? uh, and then we also have another one in South Florida. We opened up South Florida flagship in Fort Lauderdale. So um, I took a, di- a very unorthodox approach to growth, you know, where I, instead of putting everything in a cluster, mm-hmm. you know, where a lot of restaurants, you know, it, you you get so many more, you know, just benefits of savings when you're just when your stores are closer together because right. you can cross utilize employees, management, yada yada yada. So, 
Um, I took an unorthodox approach where I was always real estate driven. You know, we have to be in the right spot. Okay. You know, Vail has to be positioned in the right neighborhood that has a, a tremendous need for this niche. And then also having, you know, a high density of uh, work time, you know, workforce or, you know, in a, you know, some or students somewhere where there's a high density of people. Mm-hmm. So for me, a lot of my decisions on the growth has not been, you know, it hasn't always been about, oh, is this the best business decision? But can we, you know, but is this the best location for us to get? Okay. And we don't want to let a location, you know, um, you know, get by us if it if we truly know it's the right one for us. So that's something for you know for me that uh, pursuing growth you know throughout the state has been you know has been a challenge. But you know, mostly um, we're looking at communities. You know, hey, when we opened in Jacksonville. There was a, such a massive need for a healthy restaurant, and mm-hmm. that 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 city has responded so well to our brand, like almost in like sincere thank yous, oh, you know, wow. of us opening because they had such a strong need for us that even when I went to Jacksonville, I had net, you know, for I lived in Tallahassee for seven years, I never went to Jacksonville for some reason, right. and I went there and. I left, you know, after doing a ton of market research and looking around and seeing, you know, what, you know, what was there, what businesses were or were not there. And I said to myself, there's no way I can't open up here. This community needs us. Like there was hospitals everywhere, places, you know, communities everywhere, prominent, prominent downtown. And I said, you know, I have to do this. You know, it was bigger than just the the bottom line. And, And we were talking earlier you look at Vail as preventative men, uh, medicine, right? Yep. Uh, it's not just food for you. Yep. Uh, can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So, like I said, you know, you can come there and eat, you know, super healthy. But we also have it is a build your own bowl, and we have people who do not treat it that way. Yeah. So, you know, while our intentions are very much so on the health, we are really trying to break down the stigma of healthy food okay. and making sure that, you know, people don't feel intimidated by it, you know, and, you know, for the things, you know, for the biggest reasons why I even started is to make healthy food convenient, affordable, uh, to have variety and to taste delicious. You okay. know, those were the four biggest pain points that I saw in the market, you know, where people are like, oh, it's not convenient to get it. It takes too much time. Right. It's so expensive. Or, oh, no, there's no variety. I don't want to eat chicken, broccoli and rice every day. Right. Or it tastes bland. You know, and I was like, man, there is a way to solve these, you know, pain points. So uh, for me, you know, when I look at it, you know, some of the best feelings I've had in business hasn't been, you know, making, you know, making money. It's been the conversations of talking to our guests who say, you know, hey, I'm down, you know, 10, 15 pounds. I eat here five days a week, you know, or like, hey, my doctor said I have to change up my lifestyle. I got my cholesterol checked. We're moving in the right direction. And I'm like, great. You know, that's awesome to hear those type of stories. Um, or even, you know, mothers and fathers that send their kids to school. And they are, you know, they're sending emails to us saying, thank you so much for being here so that I know my kid is going to eat right, nice. you know, at, you know, at, at school. Right. And that's a great feeling, you know, knowing that, you know, we're there as a resource. You know, like I said, do, you know, we have savory options where you can come in and you can have a, a real good meal that, that may not be on the quote unquote healthier side. However, we have everything available where you can go very healthy. If you want to go keto, gluten free, vegan, vegetarian, you can do it at Vail. 
That's awesome. So you've scaled rapidly. Yeah. Um, you know, going in 2016 uh, to your first store. Now it's 2019, and you have six stores in, in five different cities. What's been some of the biggest challenges in scaling uh, scaling Vail? Uh, one, personnel is very tough. Mm-hmm. You have, I mean, your team. You know, you have to have your core unit of people who are all under the same, you know, uh, belief of your management style, you know, that's going to be able to uphold the company values, Mm -hmm. the culture, and being able to make sure that, you know, um, the brand stays, that brand stays intact, you know, the quality, the consistency. So, you know, through scaling, you know, these past two, you know, doing two stores a year for the past three years has been, um, I mean, growth is very expensive, you know, it costs a a ton of money, you know, more than when you're just opening, you know, if you open up another one that's close by and, you know, there's a, a right way to how to raise capital and deploy a store, and there's a wrong way. And I've done both. You know, and I can tell you, you know, <laughs> scaling into a different city on a shoestring budget is not fun. No, you know? it's. A, I was going to ask, did you bootstrap this? Did you uh, take loans? Did you get angel investors? A uh, combination of mostly loans. Okay. You know, mostly loans and bootstrapping. You know, um, my Tallahassee College Town store was strong enough to support the majority of my Gainesville stores' okay. construction and costs. So we found a a great second generation restaurant space that we were able to tap into. Nice. And it's always great. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's always a great feeling, you know, but, and, but even then, you know, uh, at that point we didn't have enough, uh, financial history of the restaurant model to be able to get enough capital, what we needed. Right. So I made, I just made it happen. And that was probably, I learned more lessons out of that going from one to two than I ever thought, you know, that I would. And you know, when I had one location, I was like, oh, wow, everything is great. We are so buttoned up. We could, we're ready for number two. And boy, we were not. <laughs> I, I tell my students that going from zero to one, in my experience, is a lot easier than going from one to two. Because yeah. those little cracks that you can oh, live gosh. with become big gaping holes when you scale. Oh, yeah. I mean, even just going two hours away, you know, it felt like... 20 hours away because I was, you know, putting out fires, you know, in Gainesville, you know, trying to get that store off the ground, solidifying a new market on a tight budget, trying to make it happen. And uh, at the time, you know, we weren't, you know, we weren't taking care of business of, you know, at a high level what we were doing in Tallahassee. So it was like being on two ships out at sea. And the waves are really rocking, right. you know, so you just don't know which one to be on, you know, but you're, at, you're they're both out there. Both so out there. <laughs> it was a it was a wild ride. But, um, you know, I would say the tenacity, you know, of just making it happening, you know, happen and, you know, really selling yourself, you know, to be able to secure X amount of loans, whether you go to family or friends or you go to banks or, you know, whoever, you know, you, you have to be committed in that process the same as you're committed to your craft. You know, if you don't learn those other areas that's going to help you fulfill your passion or, or, or the project, you're never going to, you know, you're never going to be where you want to be at, you know, and opening up a store, like I said, you know, with a, you know, um, undercapitalized budget is just, you know, probably one of the more painful experiences that I've had to go through, you know, yeah. where you're filling those labor slots, you're filling, you know, a lot of those, you know, shortcomings and, you know, um, yeah. So if 
2016 Sunny. Yeah. Uh, or if you could give 2016 Sunny some advice, what would it be? A little patience. Okay. What do you mean by that? <laughs> Uh, I have a personality that's very, very much so focused on the macro. Okay. You know, I love growth, sales, marketing, and um, I'm one of those type of person, you know, I see the forest. I don't plant the trees. Okay. You know. So, so do you have a COO? Have you got, have you made that hire? I have yet? a VP of operations, not okay. a true COO, but uh, um, I have a VP of operations who now is very helpful at, you know, making sure that our operations are buttoned up and our infrastructure is constantly being added and we're not going periods of time without certain quality checks and audits and things like that internally as well. So, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, you know, you've talked a couple of times about your team. Are, is your, are you happy? Is, is your team like, how hard was it to get the right team? Uh, are there still slots that you're looking to fill? I mean, we're always, I I tell my entire company all the time, we're always hiring Mm -hmm. the right people. Mm -hmm. You know, we're always looking for the next person who can help us take the company to the next level. We've had so many great individual efforts Mm -hmm. to help the company um, of just our team members, you know, even certain hourly employees, you know, in the beginning that just went the extra mile, you know, and they really contributed. I remember I was... uh, I had uh, just one of our front of house cashiers, and this was at a time where the store just had opened, and we were three months in. Last thing I'm thinking about is like operations at this point. I'm just trying to make sure everything is running day to day, you know. And she presented to me, you know, a new cashier guide, and I was so taken aback that she took the initiative. I didn't tell her, mm-hmm. you know, but she just knew the company needed it. Right. <laughs> Which, in retrospect, yeah, it's, you know, it's very when funny. You, yeah. Your, your yeah. employees are like, here, let me help you out a little <laughs> exactly, bit. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But it was awesome, you know, to see that. You know, she was like 19, 20 years old, and, you know, I was like, that's when I knew, I was like, wow, like, you know, our people are really caring about, like, what we're building here, yeah. you know, so. Um, even, you know, today, you know, that's the thing is, you know, is, you know, when I look at my management team now, like we have, you know, in hospitality specifically, yeah, you go through a ton of people and sometimes, you know, some people can handle the pressure and the intensity of this business. You know, sometimes it's seven days a week, you know, sometimes it's, Hey, you're working 50, 60 hours this week. And that's the unfortunate side of it. But we have a really good team now where we have, a lot of upper management communication happening throughout the state. You know, we get on a call every Monday and we talk about the past week. And we, every single GM, every manager is on the call to where we're all on the same page, even if we're separated. So we made that a priority to where we can really help, you know, everybody on the team, you know, learn from each other and be able to, you know, just be a better, you know, unit. But we're always looking to hire, um, you know, we are definitely going to be pursuing, you know, more growth and looking for more operations people, more um, in a CFO, a CMO, you know, those type of roles, you know, COO, you know, as those, uh, you know, slots, you know, need, you know, as we grow, those slots need to get filled. Is your business model, are, are, are you just going to uh, be all company-owned stores, or is there franchising in the future? We have uh, probably a list of 100-plus franchise requests. Okay. But we, uh, at this time, I don't think it, I would be doing um, 
them the right justice by going down that route. Okay. You know, for me, selling a franchise, you know, right now is a great way if you want to make a quick buck. Right. But for me, that's not why I'm in this game. I've never been in this industry for, you know, the bottom line or the money. It's I'm passionate about what I do. I, I'm blessed to be able to work at what I love every day. And I think company-owned stores is probably going to be our best focus, you know, for the future. Okay. Um, and in the you know, if that changes in the future, if we feel like everything is very buttoned up and I can give a binder to somebody and they can uphold our quality, you know, where it needs to be at, maybe we may segment into that. But um, it just depends on, you know, where we're at with growth and how aggressive we want to be. Maybe doing something more strategic with like a group, you know, that is, you know, already, you know, running X amount of operations that understands it, but possibly not the one-offs. Yeah. Um, have Have you read Ray Kroc's book, uh, oh, yeah. Grinding It Out? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Many I was times. Gonna, I was going to say, read that before you yeah. <laughs> franchise. That's a crazy book. Oh, so, that's a great uh, book. I, for those of you who don't know, Ray Kroc, well, he considered himself the founder of McDonald's, even though I would say he stole McDonald's. But uh, he's <laughs> the one who uh, brought it into uh, franchising. Absolutely, yeah. So... Um, what's, what's next? I mean, you're talking about scaling, you know, you got all these things, um, are, are you, you know, you're doing two, you've been doing two stores, uh, a year, going to keep on that track, you know, are you, are, are you looking, you know, in 2020, you're going to be in another state? Uh, can you tell me? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I can tell you. I mean, you know, quite frankly, you know, I think, you know, I, I promised my team, I said, listen guys, the next six stores is not going to be how we did the last six stores, mm-hmm. you know, as, and I feel like, you know, as, you know, CEO of the company, I have to be able to make sure that I give my team and the company what it needs to be successful. So with future growth, you know, definitely, you know, we view Florida as our home. Okay. You know, we were founded here in Tallahassee in the capital city, but we're, we view Florida as our home. So we want, before we grow out of the state, we want to make sure we win Florida. So we have, you know, growth in Jacksonville, Orlando, Miami, other parts of South Florida, possibly, you know, the west coast of um, uh, Florida as well with St. Petersburg and mm-hmm. other areas, you know, really isolating hubs where, you know, where people want our food in high demand and where we can be a value to those communities. So we want to win Florida, grow here, and then, you know, possibly, you know, maybe in 2021, 22, you know, start to bridge out into Atlanta or maybe one of those other, you know, cities that's in the southeast. But, um you know, for me, I, I still take it, you know, one day at a time looking at, you know, what is a more methodical approach to growth. And now with, you know, six stores under my belt, <clears throat> I'm not the same impulsive, you know, growth, you know, mode, right. you know, entrepreneur where I'm like, we have to do this and this and this. I'm doing a lot more due diligence on, okay, let's make sure the unit economics works out. Let's make sure we do our market comparable research. Let's make sure we do all of these things. And I've been blessed that, you know, our locations did pan out because I know, uh, I, kn- I knew the, the real estate in those cities pretty well. But in general, you know, there's a better way to grow. And that's what I'm really looking forward to giving my team is, you know, okay, we're going to make sure the next six stores are going to be the right way. So whether we do two next year, one next year, six next year, mm-hmm. you know, it's really just taking that calculated approach to growth to where, okay. I can still tie in, hey, I really love that location, but let's make sure everything checks out. Yeah. That is so important as, as someone who's made real estate, uh, 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 
mistakes with red eye and, and you know had to close a store you yeah. know it, it it's painful it's it's really painful and and uh you know, just learning those, you know, those key things, you know, like ingress, egress, understanding yeah. Oh, yeah. that can kill your kill your store if it's not right. I tell people all the time, I mean, we live in a driving state. Right. We do not have mass public tra- transportation models where the, the majority of the population is using. Yeah. You have to be suitable for vehicles. Yeah. And, you, know, you know, convenience rules the day and, you know... Uh, and I think a lot of times, like, you know, having a first store that just takes off, you know, for Red Eye was Midtown, you know, you think you're the smartest person in yep. the room, you think you got this, and yep, then you yep. open up your next one, and it's like, oh. May, maybe, it's humbling. It's yeah, humbling. Yeah. May, may, maybe location had a lot more to do with it than my smarts, right? <laughs> so, absolutely. So I that, mean, that's good that you learned that that lesson. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, yeah, because uh, you don't want to close a store. It's painful. No, uh, it's, it, it is a painful uh, experience. I, like I said, I think uh, you know how fast you respond is so important in this business. You know where, you know. You don't want to, you know, continue a negative trend. So, you know, that's probably been one of the things that I would say is one of my team and myself's, you know, better attributes is that if we see something is, you know, not operating the right way, we act immediately to repair and remedy the situation. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, we're in the people business. You know, we're feeding people, we're serving people, we're working with people, we're, you know, we're trying to constantly make sure we can do the best that we can. And I always tell people all the time, in the food business, it is so tough, you know, anything, food and Bev, because if you go to Apple and, you know, your phone's not working that day, you know, you're not going to switch to Samsung. You know, you're going to, you're maybe mad for the day, but, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to stay loyal to right. Apple. Somebody messes up your meal at your favorite restaurant, that's not your favorite restaurant anymore. Right, exactly. <laughs> you and, know? and they ding so, you hard on Yelp. Exactly. Or, or Google, yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's like, I think the one thing that drives me every day is the per- is not the pursuit of perfection, but trying to get closer to that. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that being perfect is, you know, that, I mean, is impo- almost impossible in this industry. Mm-hmm. But the pursuit of it to get better is right. something that is a constant, you know, focus for myself and my team of, okay, no, yeah, yes, we had a great, you know, last year or this year or we did great last week. What about today? How can we get better every single day and utilizing those compound, that compounding effect to where we're just moving the needle slightly? You know, we don't need every day to be a, a moving a mountain, you know, but if we can chip, 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 you know, away every single day, um, that's how we've gotten here. You know, we were, you know, they're the, we're the scrappier company that just worked harder and faster. What do you, what do you love the most about being the founder and CEO of Vail? Oh, man. Um, you know, I really do enjoy, you know, uh, finding opportunities where it's, uh, where I can still solve problems, you know? So for example, you know, whether it's, you know, our, our menu, you know, and like looking and analyzing that, or it's finding, you know, B2B, you know, relationships, Mm -hmm. you know, where we can, I see that there's a massive problem, you know, imagine, you know, you know, with, uh, food service, you know, with, you know, in schools and Mm -hmm. being able to challenge and, you know, and, and me being able to be involved on those high level growth, 
you know, kind of decisions is something that I'm, uh, I love doing. You know, I love working on and saying, okay, hey, how can we solve this problem in this community? How can we work together on this deal or something like that? Because I think that's a, as an organic element of sales where it really is, you know, both parties trying to create a win-win together to be able to make something happen. And I love when our product or core product offerings, you know, whether it's catering or whatever the case is, can solve somebody else's problem. Uh, that's uh, that that is, it's always interesting when I talk to um, founders. You know, like it, it seems like founders because founders have a unique perspective on the companies they built, right? Nobody yeah. else because it started in your brain, yeah. And then <laughs> people are using something that was a thought one day, right? Yeah. And and that it's a, that is a, so it's always very interesting to me. It's like okay, what. What is it? What's that thing that you know uh, drives you? you know, Matt Thompson from uh, For the Table, you know, Madison yeah. Social and things like that. You know, he he's kind of a similar thing. You you ask him what he does for a living, and he's like, I solve problems. <laughs> That's what I do. I get up and I solve other people's problems and my own problems. That's what I do until I go to bed. Hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Yeah, and that's that's just part of being an entrepreneur. And you got. I mean, you got. You got to be passionate. You know, every day, and you know, a lot of people. You know, especially a lot of my new hires, they're taken aback by it because they're like, "Is this guy ever not intense? Right. Is this guy always passionate every single day?" Yeah. And absolutely, I am. Yeah. You know, and I bring it every single day. And, where, you, and you have to because if you're yeah. not passionate, nobody else is going to be passionate. 100%. Right? If you don't care. Exactly. You know, you know, you know, they talk, you know, when founders and CEOs take their foot off the gas and start gliding, then that's oh, the, no, the yeah. beginning of the end. It's tough, yeah. And I, I always, you know, speak that mantra to our GMs and. I say, I'm like, listen, you know, when we're hiring people, you know, if they care, it's going to show. And if they don't care, it's going to show. Right. And that care factor is, you know, one of the most important, you know, elements to my business. Absolutely. Is finding people who care. And you have great people. Like, I, I've always had great experiences uh, with customer service. Thank and, you. Thank and, you. And not even customer service transcends that you feel like they actually care about your experience. And, yep. and that, that comes from you, right? And yep, that, yep. you had... That has uh, been transmitted very, very well throughout. Your, at least, well, I mean, I've, I've been in one of your stores, yeah. not all six, but uh, but at least that your your first store, um, absolutely. So you graduated in twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen, okay, and with a physiology, yeah, exercise uh, physiology degree. Okay, great. Uh, so, were there any? Um, you know, how was your experience at FSU? Did did you feel like your education here, or or the mentorship, or any faculty members uh, were key in your development? I would definitely say uh, yes. You know, we uh, well for me, you know, I because I was in the College of Human Sciences, I learned so much. You know, and I leaned on early on with my meal plan side. I went to you know Dr. Panton and. Uh, Jennifer Farrell, who's, you know, uh, they were two of the professors in that, you know, college. And I talked to them about my meal planning programs and like, hey, I'm, I'm using this process and this is this. And they gave me some really good feedback and helped me through that process. And then as I grew and like had to understand more about the business, I went over to the business school and I went and I would try to meet with professors. And I met with, you know, Jim Dever. I met with, you know, a bunch of other you know faculty that I may not be remembering, you know, right now. But, you know, in the early stages, especially when you don't have a, any business foundation, you know, it's there's so much to learn. 
right. you know, about, about how does a business even function? You know, so I had to lean on a lot of different, you know, groups. And, and the one thing that I loved the most was if somebody couldn't help me, they connected me with somebody who could. And that was probably the most uh, appreciated point is like, you need to meet this person or this person. And it was almost like a puzzle a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, you don't know anything about that? Go to this person. You don't know anything about that? Go to this person. And just an hour of their time, you know, uh, you know, went a long way of just, you know, kind of clearing the ambiguity uh, at that time where I was just, everything was foreign. And I was excited to learn, but I didn't know who to learn from, where to get the direction. And. You know, FSU definitely helped me out with, you know, with that because I feel like our faculty, especially, you know, if you show that interest, you know, it's just like anything else. If you go to, you know, the, um, their, what is it, study hours or mm-hmm. their, yeah, yeah, yeah. Office, hours. office hours, you know, they will work with you. And right. if you put that initiative forward, it doesn't matter what you're doing in any facet, you know, in your career, at school, you know, in their family, in life, you know, if you put forth initiative, you know, the three things I always say is like nothing in this world is going to stop a persistent, passionate person. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no business, you know, anything or barrier that's going to get in your way. If you're just constantly, you know, moving that forward, people are going to get around and about, you know, what you're, what you're doing. Yeah. One thing has been interesting for me coming and being a faculty member at FSU and just kind of like learning this culture, this culture of collaboration is unlike anything I've ever seen in any other college or or university. Like you were saying, uh, there seems like to be this open door and yeah. and if if you take the initiative to walk through that door, even if that person uh, doesn't know or can't help you, like they'll use their network to help you get a little Absolutely. bit closer. And the resources here at FSU and and the depth of of knowledge and connections, it blows me away when when students don't take advantage of it. Because especially for entrepreneurs, yeah, I mean, you're never going to have this kind of opportunity where people are going to leverage their networks the way they will for a student. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, well said. <laughs> so, well, I'm excited about listening to you speak this afternoon and uh, at 7 under 30. And uh, so, uh, hey, if you're you're in the state of Florida, it's 2019. Um, there's veils in Tallahassee. There's two veils in Tallahassee. There's one in Gainesville, Jacksonville, Tampa, Orlando. No, Fort Lauderdale, not Orlando. Oh, sorry. Fort Lauderdale, but Orlando soon, I'm sure. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) We'll show some Orlando some love. Absolutely. Uh, Well, hey, you know what? If you're in Orlando, drive over to Tampa. It's well worth it. It it is a fantastic food concept. Uh, You know, hey, it's a prescription. It's preventative medicine. Don't go to, you know, don't put crud and garbage in your body. Go to Vail. It'll be great. So thanks for taking the time, Sonny. I know yeah. you're a busy guy and uh, just uh, sitting down with us and and uh, just really excited to watch you guys continue to grow. Thank you so much. Thank it's you. It's been great. Thanks. Thank you for joining the Florida State Podcast of Entrepreneurship and Innovation. If you would like to be notified of new episodes, please subscribe via your favorite player. Also, if you like the podcast, Please take the time to share it on social media, give it a five-star rating, and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever else you enjoy your podcasts. This will help us get the word out to other entrepreneurs that the FSU Entrepreneurship Podcast has been launched.